Hi, and welcome back to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. We know you're busy, and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may likely be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We've recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C dot com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. Today we have a special guest. Lindsay Pinchuk is an award-winning entrepreneur, consultant, community builder, connector, storyteller, expert marketer, social media maven, spokesperson, on-air expert, and small business champion, and of course, mom. (laughs) Welcome, (laughs) Lindsay. With $500 in her pocket and a baby in her belly, she left a high-powered job as a magazine publishing executive and founded her first company, Bump Club and Beyond. What became a resource for millions of parents and parents-to-be across the country. She turned a profit in year one and later led her company through its acquisition to a large agency holding company. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Lindsay's been featured on or contributed to stories in Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Parents.com, Babycenter.com, and many more. Today, Lindsay works with businesses, both large and small, to tell their brand's story grow the communities who support them, and ignite their success both on and offline. Lindsay lives in Chicago's North Shore with her husband, two daughters, and mini Bernadoodle, Ollie. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We have doodles, so we can appreciate that. Yes. Welcome, Lindsay. We're excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I know, I mean, your story is kind of fascinating to leave the big corporate world and start with $500 in your pocket. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how you. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I don't think that this was like a, like many entrepreneurs, it wasn't necessarily a planned thing that I was going to leave the corporate world the first time, you know, I, I was pregnant and I was looking for friends and community. You know, I, I didn't have any friends at the time who were also pregnant. We all have fifth graders. So I was just first and I started hosting events in Chicago just to meet other expectant parents. And one thing led to another. We were doing workouts and then shopping events. And then we started hosting talks with experts. And before I knew it, you know, people were saying, what's next? What's next? And I had this whole collaboration of expectant friends. And it was amazing to just be a part of a community who was going through the same thing as me. And you have to remember at the time, this was 2010, there were no business Facebook pages. Instagram didn't exist. So it was a very different climate in terms of marketing and showing up every single day. Like you didn't have to show up on Instagram every single day. It was just very different. So I started hosting events. And when I ended up having my daughter, I went back to work after. So over my maternity leave, I spent a lot of time really boosting up Bump Club and Beyond and getting it off the ground and getting it going. And my intention was to go back to corporate America and see if I could do both. And when I went back, it was just not it didn't feel right to be very honest and i had i had a boss at the time who was not a parent not going to be a parent she was a new boss that came into her role right before i left for maternity leave and she called me up about a week before i was supposed to come back and she said well i heard you have a side gig and if i get wind that you're doing it on my time there's going to be repercussions and there was really no you know, reason for her to say that a lot of people have side hustles. And I said to my husband, you know what, I kind of think that 
this isn't going to work. And <laughs> she's clearly going to be out to get me, despite the fact that I manage, you know, millions of dollars in ad revenue. I just don't think that it's going to work. So I'm going to go back, see how long I can ride it out. And we'll go from there. And I went back for a few weeks. It was not a good situation. I did not feel supported as a parent. And I ended up leaving. Not oddly enough, she was actually let go soon after me, but um, soon after I left, but Mm -hmm. it was meant to be. And I always said, you know what, we're going to give it a try. We're going to give it a try and see where this goes. You know, I gave up a really cushy salary when I left that job, but I very much wanted to be a part of my child's life. And I wanted to be around for her and I wanted to be able to pick her up and drop her off. And, you know, I understood that there were probably some things that I would have to give up in order to make that happen. And, you know, but I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. So like there was like this internal conflict. Like I was like, I don't want to stay home, but I don't want to go to work and travel every day. And like, how are we going to do this? So I ended up coming, leaving my job, coming home. And I really did bump club full time. And in the beginning, I had childcare three days a week. And I legitimately maximized every single moment. Like from the time I dropped her off until the time that I picked her up, I was working. I would like eat at my desk. I didn't talk on the phone. I worked. And the goal the first year was to pay for my childcare. And when we exceeded that and we bump club was growing leaps and bounds, there was no one else doing what I was doing to connect expectant parents. I knew I had made the right decision and I was able to see my child grow up. So, you know, that was really, to me, it was a win-win. I all of a sudden had this career that I made for myself out of just being a mom and sharing my experience as a mom and sharing products with my audience. And as social media grew, we grew. And that's really how we started. I love it. I love that story. And, you know, it's it's interesting what you said. You know, this was 10 years ago and it was because you were having a child and your choices and the in the way your boss was handling it sounds like dragon lady, but, or at least not a parent, (laughs) but it's interesting because I imagine that is equally some of the things that people, especially mothers in the workforce are facing today with the whole choice around COVID. It's a different driving force. Like at what point do you decide, Hey, this is not something I can go back and go to the office. I've got all these things that are happening. And, you know, I know it's different. It probably, couldn't be bump club and beyond, but it, it does sound like a need that's out there to help women understand. Cause I know one of the things you're passionate about is helping people know when it's time to change and maybe when it's time not to. So, you know, and you seem to have done it through being fairly committed to, Hey, I'm going to use my supports in my community to build what will support me at this place I'm at in my life. I love I love that you, you know, you wanted connections. So you wanted you created events to create the connection that you want. Like so how proactive is that? And then that just built into something bigger. And you Um, you know what's so amazing about it is that some of the women that I met, so early on when Bump Club started, it was really just for the expectant mom. And as we grew and kind of like consumerism changes, there were just like a lot of changes over the course of 10 years and especially changes in our audience. And over time, our audience started coming to me and saying, well, can we bring our spouse or a significant other? And I said, sure. Like, and we, so we started creating a significant other ticket. So like they could bring their partner with them (laughs) and that's fine, but it changes the dynamic, you know, like all of a sudden when, when it's just not like, so, but when I was going through it and I was pregnant, it was just expectant women who were coming to these events. 
And the friendships that I made, I mean, I'm still very close with many of the friends and I keep in touch with even more of the women who were coming early on, on social media. And I talk to them regularly. I mean, my daughter, my first daughter, one of her best friends is the daughter of one of my first friends from Bump Club. <laughs> I love it. Of course. Long-standing relationships that really yeah. bonded over. Yeah. It's almost like you could go through then the different stages, like when you're preparing for college, you know, <laughs> or now you're in the teen years. Now, <laughs> you know, it sounded like this business was sort of taking off on its own, doing incredible things. Now, it also sounds like at some point in time you got acquired. Is that what happened? Or, or what? how did that yeah. come about? So, so everyone kind of always asked me, like, what is your end game and what's going to happen? And you know, I knew that I had a shelf life with Bump Club. I mean, I knew that very early on. I was not going to be a young mom forever. My kids were going to grow up. And, you know, through the, the decade or so that I was doing Bump Club, I became an expert in the parenting space. You know, I can talk about parenting resources, products. I mean, you name it, I can talk about it. But it also doesn't necessarily make sense for someone who is, you know, has a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old to be talking about strollers. I don't push a stroller anymore. So, right. I, well, I knew I could always do the marketing and the strategy and the business development for Bump Club, I knew that I would not be able to kind of like be the face, even if I was the founder forever. And I also made the decision early on that I didn't necessarily want to take any investment dollars. I, I just, we were profitable from year one and we didn't have a lot of overhead. I mean, it, it you know, later on the last four years, we had office space and, you know, I had my people, my employees, like that was my overhead. And so I just really didn't want to be like indebted to anyone else in the beginning. And, and so that was kind of my decision early on. But I also knew that eventually I would need extra resources in some way, shape or form to grow and scale this if I wanted to. And I really and truly, my goal was to sell it because again, I wanted it to live on, but I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of it forever. Mm -hmm. And so I was approached in the summer of 2018, I was actually approached by three different entities, all on LinkedIn, which is crazy because I like never even answer my LinkedIn messages. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all three of them approached me on LinkedIn. One of them was clearly off the right away. I knew was not going to be a good, a good solution. One of them, they ended up wanting to aqua hire me. So they wanted to hire me and dissolve my company. And then they wanted me to do for their company what I did for mine. And I didn't want to start from scratch. So that wasn't a good fit. And then the third entity and the one who ended up acquiring my business, they very much wanted Bump Club for our relationship with Target. And we had a, we had a really strong relationship in a, in a big program that we ran with Target. And they had a big program with Target and Beauty. We were with Baby and they wanted to be in Baby and we were preventing them from doing that. So that's why we entered this discussion and they ended up, they ended up acquiring us. And part of why I went with this acquisition was because they wanted me, they wanted my team and they wanted my brand. And that was, it was really important to me that all three of those things came as a package I very much wanted to be a part of the process to move Bump Club over and continue to grow it and set it on a path for success. And it was important to me to be surrounded by my people who knew the brand. We had a really, you know, very specific business. I don't care what people say, you know, people in the corporate world say everyone's replaceable. And you know what? My team wasn't. My team wasn't replaceable because they knew the ins and outs of my business. They knew our clients, our clients knew them. 
And the baby space is a really small, small, small space where everyone knows everyone. And it was really important that we all moved over together. So yes, in January, 2019, we started under the new parent company. And that was kind of like, I was there for the next two and a half years. Great. And so, I mean, it sounds like, so not only was there the acquisition and the movement over, but then you also have been, you've been there for two and a half years. So you've also been doing this through COVID. COVID. How did that end up? Because I'm sure that was its own challenge. (laughs) Interestingly, so, I mean, people ask me all the time, like, are you glad you sold? Did you, do you regret selling? And I have zero regrets. I mean, this was the best decision for me and for my family and ultimately for the brand, because had we not sold bump club would have gone out of business. We were an events based company first and content second. And, you know, my goal before the acquisition was really to beef up the content, but even the first year after the acquisition, we hadn't even achieved that level of growth with our content. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit that people finally started taking me seriously that content was king and we really needed to get on the content bandwagon. So what ended up happening was we were about to start our first large scale program with Target since our acquisition. So on March 21st, 2020, we were slated to have 300 in-store events at Target stores. nationwide. Oh my gosh. And it was like, when I tell you like the, so I can't say numbers, but the growth in terms of revenue was, I mean, it was 20 times what it was before we were acquired. Okay. This program was huge. Right. And so we knew, we knew very early, we knew at the end of February that we were going to have to cancel this because target said like, no one's coming in our stores to host events. So we knew early on. And so I said to the parent company, I said, we need to pivot this. We need to change. We, we cannot let this revenue go away. We were also set to give out 10,000 gift bags in the stores. So all of a sudden we had these events and then we had these bags in a fulfillment center. And we were like, how are we going to get these bags out to people like with these samples? So I created an online program that started with webinars and then moved into six weeks of like Facebook live events. And this was like before the pandemic, like we made this decision before lockdown. So (laughs) our our webinars were March 8th and 9th of 2020. And then like following that first weekend, like that St. Patrick's day weekend, then we started doing these Facebook live events, like a few, a few nights a week. And it was right when everyone was like really home and they were a wild success. I mean, we were getting thousands of people watching because no one had anything to do. (laughs) And we saved the revenue. And then, and then we ended up, we ended up giving out the gift bags. We ended up figuring out a way to mail them from the fulfillment center. And so 10,000 people got these bags and we all of a sudden had 10,000 people sharing them on Instagram. Oh, wow. So it was like an amazing thing. And so what that showed us was that it proved my point that content was king. And so that was great because all of a sudden we needed to enter the content game. And we ended up moving all of our events online. And from through the pandemic, we really grew. We grew about three times our audience. And our bottom line grew tremendously because we weren't paying to host events. So like, Right. Our our net profits were through the roof compared to what they were during a year when we were hosting, you know, 40 huge events across the country. So it it showed us, I think, what we were capable of doing. 
And also we had a very lean team. We had to, we had to let go a lot of our part-time employees that were in charge of our events. And, you know, but at the end of the day, like we kind of saved bump club and through the pandemic. So, and we reached a lot more people. We were able to help a lot more people. And we also through the pandemic made a huge, huge, huge effort to educate parents and families about the pandemic, about COVID, about safety measures. And we were covered in Time Magazine for it. So um, very cool. Because So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know I have my niece and well, my nephew and her, the two of them had a baby <laughs> during COVID. And I think just in talking to them, you know, they were pretty alone in it where they were. You know, there was very little they could do. They couldn't even go to their neighbors, neighbors or to their doctor together because of whatever. You yeah. Know? And I just, you know, so I can imagine this resource would have been even more significant. And the way you guys managed to get it going, I'll have to find out from her. I'll have to ask Katie whether she had ever... Somehow I think I saw your brand and I where it was. And I think that is actually something she did engage with. So I'll have to ask her. But it did seem like, wow, what a perfect timing. So what a service yes. and, and, a, and a Cinderella finish. And we, I mean, we really just made, you know, turned it into a glass half full for a bump club. Yeah. And like, you know, and I, I hated saying to clients like, the pandemic was good to us, but like it, it was, it was. Like we were, you know, and we pivoted and we adapted and businesses who didn't are not around anymore. And businesses who did are thriving. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sure. you also, you know, yes, I know that can be hard to say to people, but I think you did a service, which we found has been the biggest thing that, you know, if you don't just think of it as doing business, I know we had to make all of our business was in person with everything we did. And we had to shift everything to being online and also supporting what people needed, not necessarily, you know. We, we help people deal with stress because everybody was completely <laughs> stressed <laughs> out and nobody knew how to deal with stress. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, but we, we had it, we did a lot of free things just of service to support people, yeah. you know, and that was our, it gave us a sense of purpose and meaning and yeah. it translated eventually into business. And, and we did a ton of free things too. and. And I, I feel the same way. Like it gave me purpose every day. And, you know, that was, you know, we were talking about like what like conflict and whatnot, that was a conflict at the company because all of a sudden I was owned by someone else who, whose number one interest was the bottom line. I was, and am a believer that, you know, sometimes that bottom line number benefits more from the service you provide or from the free mm-hmm. things that you give or from how you give back than the actual like calculations within. Yeah. And it's real hard to get people who only have a corporate mindset to to look at that and think that. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I think we've done a lot of conversations with different people about the idea of resilience. And one of the biggest factors that's really critical for resilience has to do with this idea of community, collaboration, not just looking out for yourself looking out <laughs> or looking out for the business bottom line yeah. and that you know cuz even businesses that are trying to take care of their own business sometimes miss the opportunity right now that shouldn't be your biggest focus right now you know you might want to pay attention to your community and how are you collaborating to support not just your business but business in general because if if you don't it's all going to go under, yeah. you know, so we agree with you on that, <laughs> you know. Now, Lindsay, I wanted to ask you, you focus on, you know, how to make a change or how to know when to make a change. Do you have any, since you've made two major changes, what would you want to share with our listeners about how they can tell if it's time for them to make a change or not? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think when something starts getting real, like, so I'm a believer that work shouldn't feel hard and work shouldn't feel like work. I mean, really and truly, I believe that you should want to get up every single day and do what it is that you're going to do. And it doesn't feel like a chore. And I feel that way because I've lived that and I've lived it more than once. I mean, even before I had my own company, I loved my job at Hearst before I had my baby. Loved it. Like I, I, I have zero complaint, you know, and I think my life change was really what dictated that change for me. It wasn't necessarily like how I felt or whatnot. It was like how I, how I wanted to feel with my child. It was, that was like a a different situation, but in this last change, when I decided that it was time for me to leave, like I wasn't feeling full anymore, to be honest. And I love bump club and I love the company that I built, but it wasn't giving to me what it once was. And I, you know, at one point was waking up every single morning, so excited to start my day and tackle whatever it was and talk to my clients and talk to the audience. And it was just becoming like, I I couldn't get up in the morning. I really couldn't like, and I, and I didn't, I wasn't happy. And, and it took me kind of a while to realize that I wasn't happy. And it's, you know, I also have this conflict with like, this is the company I built. This is my brand. I've been the face of it for 10 years plus. And like, how am I going to leave it? Like, it was like really, really hard for me, you know, but ultimately, you know, I saw the sacrifice that I was making with my family. Like I, you know, I was spending a lot of time with bump club in the evening doing like our live events and doing, you know, leading webinars. And that was taking away my time from my family. And I also started getting offers from companies who wanted me to do really exciting projects. And I was having to turn them down and they were willing to pay me more than I was making in at the company that I founded. And, you know, so, but, but it wasn't just about the money because all of that stuff affects me and affects my family. And I felt like my family was being shortchanged by my time and the resources, because, you know, of course, who, who wouldn't want more money? And it wasn't always about the money and it isn't about the money, but that was one factor that kind of played into it. And I, I want to be really clear on that. And that was really what made me leave the second time. Like I felt like I wasn't giving in the way that I, that I knew that I could give. And I wanted to help others just as I had when I started Bump Club and I was helping new moms. I wanted to help others. And for me, it was helping entrepreneurs and helping small business owners and helping all of these people who were reaching out to me through my own Instagram on a regular basis and asking me, well, what did you do in this situation? And what do you recommend now? And I knew that there was just something there. Just like 10 years prior, I knew that there was something there with Bump Club. That's cool. I love following your, like, what feels right. Honoring that is so important in making these changes. And also appreciate that, you know, yeah, that that can sound great. And you also realize, yes, the money has to play a factor, but it's not, you know, it's It's like the number one factor. Weighing into these things and, and not just discounting them, but but paying attention. And it was a very holistic approach because, you know, I, just as I did the first time when I weighed, like I wanted to be home and around and present for my daughter. Now I have two daughters and I felt like I was shortchanging them by not being available to them when they needed me. And it was really important to me that I, that I am around for them, even though we've been in the house together for (laughs) the last few years, you know, as the, like my kids very luckily have been in school, they were in school last school year and they're in school now. 
but I, I want to be around for them. I want to be present. I don't want them to feel like they have to tiptoe around coming into my office. And, you know, it was like everything holistically that was that led up to me. Just I knew in my gut that it was time. That's- so you left and now how long ago? Few July. Months? Summer. July. July. Okay. So you're kind of your business is now working with entrepreneurs, small businesses around supporting their brand and how to create that community around it. Is so that- what are there some tidbits that you can give how to create a community for both on and offline for businesses? Yeah, of course. So Okay. So the first thing is, so the interesting thing is I just want to answer about when I left. So when I left this summer, I then consulted back to bump club for about six weeks. So that was like a great, like kind of segue into this new business because I was able to build up a couple of clients during that time. And I was only working 10 hours a week for them. So that for me, I feel very lucky that I had that opportunity. And I also very much like everyone was like, are you going to take a break? And Anyone who knows me knows that like I can't really sit still. So I, I did take like a smidge of a break. We went on vacation and my kids were at camp and you know, I was not working 80 hours a week. So which is great. So that was like a really nice like shift and way to kind of go into this. So to answer your question about building a community, yes, I think there are a bunch of different ways that I would recommend to clients. And so the first thing that I would say is when you're launching a business, you I look at like audience and community, they are one in the same. And I like the word community so much better than audience because (laughs) I think that audience is like a very self-serving word as a business owner. Like it's like you're projecting something onto an audience, but a community is someone that is, it is a give take. And you have this community that is relying on you, but you are relying on them too. And I think it's really important to note that. So Before I talk about kind of the online like social media piece, I think it's really important when you start a business that you start first with your own network. And the number one thing that I tell people, and I would say that over 70% of business owners do not do this, is you want to send an email to every person you know, everyone you know, everyone in your address book. I don't care if you haven't talked to them in 30 years because you don't know what they're up to, what, who they know, and legitimately, when I sent out an email saying, I am starting a new business, I'm consulting now, here's my website, these are the services I'm going to provide. I can't even tell you how many inquiries I got. Mm -hmm. And I'm still getting from that email, just from people passing it along. Your network is your community, your personal community, and they're going to help translate into your business community. And the people who you know, who it applies to are going to come over and be a part of your business community and the people who it doesn't, but they might refer other people. So that's kind of like the first. And then, you know, I don't think it's worthwhile right now for me to get into like in-person events and stuff. Cause I think that like, I don't think that that's, I I know that this is like an evergreen episode, but I still think we're kind of far off from that. Yeah, I would agree (laughs) with people wanting to like show up with a lot of people somewhere I think is, you know, not necessarily the thing right now, but I think that when you're talking about building a community online and you you have this business, let's say, I think it's important to start that community even before you start the business. So for example, I am starting a podcast as a part of my business. So right now I am really focused on building my community surrounding the podcast and it's all entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so even though the podcast doesn't drop until January, I'm spending a lot of time. I made a Facebook group, which I think is a really great source of community for any type of business. It doesn't have to be a podcast. I was with 
someone today who's doing a huge event in the spring, hopefully. And I ask them, do you have a Facebook group? This is a great place where you can talk to your community. They can talk to you. You can ask questions. They can talk to each other. I think the future of Facebook is really going to be in groups because the other stuff is kind of like ads and noise. And it's really the group content that I focus on from like a personal standpoint. And I reply to and I answer. So that is kind of, I think, the first place. The second place, I think Instagram is really important. And I think it's really important to show up and to talk to people. But you don't want to talk. You want to talk to them. Like you don't want to project on them. And I think that's really important in terms of getting people to trust you is showing up. And someone recently told me they were like, you need to replace all the eyes with you. (laughs) And you want to talk to them like it's about them. It's not about you. It's about them. And you're there to solve their problems because they don't care about your problems. And that's true. It's very true. And I think it's really important when you have a community that you're utilizing them and asking them questions and offering them the opportunity for feedback. Like I'm doing some social media strategy for a package good right now. And I said to her, like, let me get in your stories, not me, but like, I was like, I want to be in your stories. I know you have a social media manager, but I have some questions that I need to ask. And so I ran some polls and I ran some questions And it gave me some really great insights as to how I want to move forward with her strategy. And so I really encourage people to utilize those kind of techniques and have a conversation. And the more you converse, the more people show up. And then the more you train people that you're going to converse, they want to show up because they want to be a part of the conversation. So I love it. Now, this is your new launch. Where can our listeners find you, learn more about, especially when your podcast drops and things like that? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Pinchuk. That's I have a public account and I'm on it every day. And then you can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com that has like all of my television segments and all the brands that I've worked with and ways that I can work with brands and people as well. I mean, I have people who are hiring me right now as well to help them build their personal brands. And then my podcast will be launching in January. It's called Dear Found Her. And it will be on Apple and Spotify and Google. And I think the trailer is up already. So people can listen to it. I was wondering. I saw that. So yeah, it's out there. Excellent. (laughs) I didn't know know it wasn't live yet. I just saw the happening. This looks great. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're very inspirational and you've been delightful to chat and hear your story. And I know you're going to do great things in this next chapter that you're creating. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me because this oh. is this has been great for me as well. I love meeting new people and I love sharing anything that I can. If I, I always say if I can help one person with my advice, I feel like I've done my job for the day. Uh, lovely. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. If you want to take some of what you've learned on today's episode to the next level, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. Go to www.thriveinc.com forward slash team kit to learn more. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T.